Skullmaster! Have no fear, you are destined to win. Um, good to see you again, Mr. Skullmaster. <laughs> Scully. So, how are you doing? Maybe you can hum the theme song Won't hold it against you if you get parts wrong While the memory's not too strong There's a piece of you from a time long gone So while these fuzzy warm feelings remain question we ask is still the same To the treasure or just plain lame Is this still good? Hello and welcome back to Is This Still Good? The longest running podcast in the Americas I am a host, a sage type, and with me is a Gavin type. Hello. Gavin, what's this podcast about? Uh, This is a podcast about removing nostalgia goggles and revisiting childhood treasures. We also, and we tend to bring on guests who introduce the subject material, bringing us something from their childhood. Uh, With us today, we have a third voice. Uh, (laughs) Go ahead and introduce yourself. We have a guest type. (laughs) We're nailing this like always. What's up, guys? I'm Bo. Thank you very much for having me. I'm super excited to be here talking about Mighty Max. That's right. We're talking oh. about Mighty Max. I'm sorry, did um, I drop into it too soon? So okay. you brought us Mighty Dive Max. Dive back into it. I brought, did... a, I brought in Mighty Max. Let me tell you about Mighty Max. Can I tell you about how what? I wound up here on the show? Uh, yes. <laughs> I okay. would love to know that. <laughs> so here's what happened. So I saw on Instagram that you guys were doing a show called uh, Still Good Pod. That's what I saw. Still Good Pod popped up. It was tagged in something that Gavin shared. Uh, Gavin, still good my pod. dear friend. Uh, at Still Good Pod. I was like, oh, they're looking at old stuff and seeing if it's still good or not. you know. And it got my head scratching immediately. And I started thinking about... A bunch of stuff that I watched, knowing that I'm a fan to some pretty similar content as Gavin was. We've got a lot of like crossover um, tastes. And, it's true. And I immediately started scratching my head. And shortly thereafter, I think I commented on her something. And he like pinged me back on Instagram. And we started talking about it. And I made a list of stuff that I thought was still good. And as we were crossing over and texting back and forth on it, I mentioned Mighty Max. And Gavin was like, Mighty Max. And Mighty Max jumped out in my head because I've got such a fond, sentimental moment in time with it. I remember it so fondly and, and I've been so removed from it. It's, it's not like it hasn't been consumed into our modern culture as so much uh, 80s and 90s content has. Uh, it doesn't live on. It's not available anywhere. It's not a DVD. It's not like streaming on Netflix or Amazon or any of that shit. It hasn't been remade. Um, it's just Mighty Max's cartoon that ran for two years, 40 episodes, when I was 12 and 13 years old. It was the end of my cartoon years. You know, I, I, I'm 38 and I lived through the golden age of cartoons. I watched G.I. Joes and Transformers and all the best 80s cartoons and He-Man and, and, and the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles and not Street Sharks, which I was astonished to hear that you guys... Uh, both had something to say about i have a lot to say about street sharks i I, my guess is that it stinks and it doesn't hold up i i bet that if i went back and watched street sharks right now i'd say hey that doesn't hold up that's not good content mighty max on the other hand stands out as something that i watched right at the end of my like real going home from school every day and watching cartoon years 13 14 years old i was like out screwing around being a you know dickhead teenager 12 and 13, I was, like, watching cartoons in front of the TV after school every day. Do you remember what hmm. Do you remember what you were watching it on? Like, which channel? 
Um, I know I watched it, but inconsistently, and I loved it. And whenever it was on, yep. And I have never heard of this before last week. Okay, I watched it on. I'm not sure. I watched it on basic cable um, in my living room, uh, on whatever whatever the local station was. And on this like bootleg internet copy, there was, um, uh, you know, there was an intro from some local Houston affiliate. <laughs> Yeah, that, like, that rang familiar, <laughs> you know. There is something really charming about seeing like those. Yeah, yeah, about seeing those old effects. Those old effects are like that was a total part of watching cartoons for me. Um, this was 1993 and 94 that it was on when I was in like seventh grade. Um, so I remember physically where I was watching. I remember the living room, but well, and that was like part of like yeah, because I remember watching everything that Deke was making at the time, and yeah. I think I've talked about it, but like there's the like the Deke logo still like sticks in my head. And I remember it It kind of had a re-thing as a meme, like, later, where it just, like, there was a... You'd find it on YouTube, and it would just be the Deke logo, but then it would just say, Dick. Sure. And that's about as much as those shows got revisited. Because they are, like... Yeah, this is this never made it to DVD, never made it to Blu-ray. It had VHS releases. And, yeah, what we were watching was uh, pirated copies off of a Texas affiliate. You do what you have to in these trying times. It's a public service. Yeah, we didn't have time to organize a petition for a remaster. So you've never seen any of Mighty Max. I'll get back to a question here in a minute. But you've I, never seen... I have never heard of Mighty Max until you brought it up. Never heard of Mighty Max. <laughs> All right. And you had to endure watching low quality. Yeah. If I had ever heard anything that had a guy just say dick at the end of it as a child, I would remember. No, no, no. That, that was... That was a, a parody of the Deke logo. Yeah, but I would have made the same joke in my head, so it would have existed. Oh, you had to. My question for you was that you had to watch this for the first time on like a low quality bootleg internet video, huh? Yeah. Yes, I did. Do you think that that affected your viewing experience? I mean, how can it not? I mean, so yeah, a couple things. Like, I I do my best yeah. to remove like the viewing experience from like the the contents. Uh, but when you have like a VHS copy that that it's weird to see cartoons looking in like a, a lower resolution because they're just they're drawn at the first points. It's not like they were filmed yep. on lower quality cameras. Like theoretically, they should always look the same amount. But then it's broadcast and it's scanned and it's it's degraded. Um, right. But so I'm watching it on something that can't full screen on my laptop and my TV just broke, which. I am stressed about during quarantine because that's the source of most of my joy in my life right now. Rough, um, rough. So I couldn't sure. cast it to the screen and get like a bigger one. So I'm watching it like in a box within my laptop and it's very hard to focus on what's actually happening. Fuck me, Bo. If you miss like 20 seconds of this, you have missed at least five minutes worth of plot. <laughs> this show dude, moves dude, so I, goddamn yeah. fast. <laughs> it moves so fast. So so I binged the show, man. Jesus. I saw it. It came up with that affiliate logo and the shitty quality, and I fell into it. I could almost like hear my mother in my ear yelling at me to not sit so close to the screen. I had such a like a an organic viewing experience with this. It, uh, let me give you a spoiler. It holds up. I binged this show. I well, loved watching it again. I haven't seen it in years. Before we jump into um, the reviews too much. Uh, I know. We'll get there. Let me let me tell you about what the 
Can I give you like my synopsis to the show? We're all very clear yeah, on sure. how Bo let's, feels let's, about we're this show. We should get there. We're clear. I want to be clear. I love this show. From and the if jump. you have really quick, have Bo, how do you feel stage, about this? This is going to get controversial quickly. <laughs> That's just some good podcasting, though. Conflict. I feel passionately I'm, about this. I miss. It, right, I miss right. conflict. Uh, Bo, it holds up. What? What is? What is Mighty Max? Okay, Mighty Max is a show about a. A, a 90s kid. He is your quintessential 90s kid. He's like Bart Simpson, uh, Bo, Bo, Bojack Bart Simpson, um, fucking Holden Caulfield, Jonathan Taylor Thomas. He's your snotty, bratty 90s kid. And he gets a magical ball cap that makes him travel through dimensions or something. It takes him on adventures for some reason. And it falls out of a statue. And it also comes with a couple of magical friends one of them, whom is a talking owl named Virgil, and the other who, uh, of whom is, is a Viking named Norman, who's immortal. And they go on all sorts of crazy adventures. And they have an enemy whose name is Skullmaster. And, and that's not a great name. Well, uh, yeah, and, and that's certainly and not knocked made, off of anything either. He's Satan. He's Skeletor. He's the god of the underworld. Um, he looks like a combination of Dracula and John Cena. He's got this like yeah. outrageous outfit, and he's just evil, you know, and terrible at killing a little boy. But he kills people on the red. That's an important <laughs> part of the show. I mean, show. it's really hard. He kills people. There was a lot more murder in this show than I remembered for sure. <laughs> and by the way, Tim Curry. Is the voice of Skullmaster? Yeah, I just looked that you up. I didn't catch me? that. Ooh, Gavin that is Vernon Tim thinks. Curry. Guys, this yeah. is an all-star cast. This is a talented uh, cast. His performance sings like Skullmaster. I had it was kind of funny because when I was first watching the show, I was trying to take notes, and yeah. I'm like Skullface. Well, yeah, that's not right. What's his name? Skullmaster. Well, Skullmaster. Oh, that's even worse. Yeah. I have that <laughs> exact <laughs> same notes. <laughs> he's jacked Voldemort like, but man no Tim Skeletor. Curry is killing it he's doing amazing yeah um, uh, I don't I just yeah. don't know to, to finish out Skullmaster's plot is he wants to absorb the souls of the living uh, to dump into a crystal to form like an all powerful crystal that allows him to make slaves of everyone throughout time and space <sighs> Too, I think Gavin, such Gavin, sure. you are dangerously close to getting sued by Scientology right now. <laughs> so watch what you say about Skullmaster's plan. It makes a lot of sense to me, and I just want you know uh, the Church of Scientology to know that. I just thought Skullmaster <laughs> wanted to drop everyone into a volcano to free the spirits. Wasn't that a... there is a volcano? He's in hell. He's the king of hell. He's ten feet tall. Um, He's Tim Curry. He's an amazing character. Skullmaster is a highly underrated villain. He's got can a great I, cape. Killer can I say ass. the first of many things that are going to piss off Bo? <laughs> oh, okay. I think Skullmaster is the worst myself. thing about this show. <laughs> oh, you were... I mean, you're so wrong, no, though. No, no. I mean, he's easily the best part Sage, of the show. I'm excited to <laughs> talk about brought... what you think are the best things about this show. Uh, yeah, I'll, I'll come up with some. <laughs> Uh, no, Bo, you, you brought us sure some will. episodes for me to watch, like being fresh eyes and not willing to watch 27 mm. episodes of this all admittedly short-lived show. Um, 
adds like the rest of them. So it was the pilot, the finality, and some in between. And I really enjoyed the one-off yeah. adventures that had nothing to do with Skullmaster, uh, where they go to the tar pits and find like the Vandal Savage ripoff. <laughs> Or where they go and have the Gorilla yeah. Grodd ripoff. Like, all the, like, one-off ripoff adventures. Yeah, everything's ripoff. Yeah. Everything's ripoff. It's not adventure. something I'm going to shit on because I do think that's completely charming. This show is like playing with a shoebox full of mix-match toys. It's like making a He-Man fight a G.I. Joe, and there's also a toy dinosaur there and some matchbox cars. Right. It's like... It's when you're a kid and every toy is fighting. And <laughs> it is. And and I have to reflect back here for a minute, Sage, because I had a I had a little like list anxiety, you know, as I was trying to make a, a list of of just a handful of gems from these forty magnificent episodes that stand uh, <laughs> you know, the the canon of Mighty Max. Um, and started watching them again. I, I really had this debate with myself of like, do we bookend it? Do we try to capture the whole story? Do we play the greatest hits? Do we go for the deep cuts? You know, if you're trying to pick the five best Beatles songs, go. It, it is a tall order. I, I appreciate you rising to the challenge. Obviously it's imagined. <laughs> so I, on the so run. even as I was watching the finale, I was like, we might be a little deep in Skullmaster story here. Well, so yeah, what was, the, what was your methodology? Well, that's what I went for. Is I, I, I did wind up looking at bookends of trying to capture like, the whole story. But even as I watched them, I realized that I, you know, it gets pretty redundant in there. And uh, and also, there's a, the whole final episode. Every bad guy that he faces are from all of the other one-off episodes. And I was having a minute watching this where I was like, man, if you hadn't seen this before, oh. it wouldn't make a lot of sense to you, would it? Do you, do you um, think you solved that problem? So I guess what I'm problem? talking here, Sage, is before I accept your review, I'll need you to watch all 40 episodes. That's true. Before I accept that you don't think this is a, a terrific show, I'm going to have to ask you to watch all 40 episodes. We'll have you back for a follow-up episode in three years. <laughs> <laughs> I did try to like string through a few of the kind of greatest hits and deep cuts in there. Um, and the Tar Pit one is one in particular that like stuck out in my head. It was it, it kind of glowed to me as I was looking through the list of episodes. I was like, man, I remember watching this uh, this story about a caveman, Mighty Max, who's just your cool '90s teenager. He's like Parker Lewis can't lose, Ferris Bueller, snotty knockoff teenager. It's a very specific type of wish fulfillment. <laughs> it is. He's always a, like a, a snappy wisecracking little asshole you know um he hates his teachers man well he knows more than them like that that (laughs) (laughs) he clearly knows more about world history than any professor could ever teach him he has little master classes at the end he does his little (laughs) master class at the end it's educational master class i have to imagine they got some funding for this show from doing that and like after year two they were just like "Mm, maybe not you think they got funding for this show I don't. I don't know if you're doing enough to justify this grant. <laughs> I did a little research on that. I did a little research on that, Gavin. I actually know where this show comes from um, because yep. this made me scratch an itch a little bit. And we'll get back to we'll get back to this great episode, Tar Wars. <laughs> I, um, but where this show comes from is they were trying to sell toys. Well, uh, yeah. <laughs> little miniature pocket-sized toys that like was like a little carrying case that you open up. Um, and I, like I was 13, I wasn't getting Mighty Max toys, you know, I wasn't, I wasn't that demo. So 
I don't remember the toys really. I don't have any. See, that's that's where I was the right age. Yeah. Yeah, and I it worked on me. I had those toys growing up, and they were great. And they were like the masculine cool. action hero slash horror version of Polly Pocket. Yeah. And they were like the exact same little like it comes based on a based on like your mom's compact <laughs> makeup yep. kit opens up, and instead of makeup, you've got. Uh, you know, a, a horrible dungeon filled with like an evil spider monster that's trying to get this figure who was designed to be like an easy to paint, like bright red hat, white mm-hmm. t-shirt, and blue jeans. Like it's like three colors, and that, that's all you need. You got your miniature toy, and they were great. Like I, I upon rewatching this, I was like, I'm hoping to get. Uh, I want to buy like three of them and mount them on my wall as like hunting trophies. <laughs> Just like the mighty, the mighty Max toys. They're beautiful. They're storytelling, man. I, yeah. I, I don't know. I've got like, like when I saw them, I, I you know, I've looked around on YouTube on it and saw commercials for them. And I was like, of course. I, like I do remember this. I remember seeing this. But but yeah, like I, I wasn't really buying toys at the time. So I don't really recall like having one. But I took in the the show anyways. And, and, and um and they, they made the, the cartoon entirely after the toy to sell the toy. Right. Which is, you know, that's also where Street Sharks came from. That's where Biker Mice from Mars came from. The, like, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, the way that they capitalized yep. on those toys, which were based on a comic book, which was a parody of Sin City. But it, like, unleashed this, like, style Wait, of what? very hip television and toys. Did you just say Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles is yeah, a parody uh, of Sin City? Uh, yeah, it's a, well, Fantastic. it's based on, it's a parody okay. of Frank Miller. Tension Turtles is like a love note to a very silly version of right. Frank Miller work. Before he was super <laughs> serious in writing Islamophobic comics. <laughs> Catch up on Frank Miller if you had it. It's a trip. Oh, they all go crazy, man. I mean, you think Alan Moore's doing any better? I think Alan Moore is doing great at quarantine. <laughs> oh, boy. <laughs> Just, just the happiest him been. and his serpent gods. Now, like, now nobody. This is what he's clearly always wanted. <laughs> now <laughs> nobody can make movies out of his comic books. He's like he's he, got everything he's been praying to Satan for. You know, he finally has time to watch Watchmen. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. oh, that'd be hilarious if his like his will just breaks down from sheer boredom. But I mean, this is how he lives. I most know the of his answer life. to this. <laughs> but do you think Alan Moore has watched the Watchmen TV show? Oh. I don't know. I mean, I wonder if he like hate There's watches no that stuff. I don't and know. I don't think he about does. It. No way. But it's not actually like it is a sequel. It's not like a revision of his work. It's I don't know. He doesn't give a shit. He hates I, anything I think that he's they been try to make on record with it. That is a yeah. That's he's like that is a closed story. The story has been told. It's been told the way I want it yeah. to be told. There's no more here. Move on. And he, uh, I think, donates all the money that he would get and keep and has his name as a stipulation held off of any project based on any of his work. Yeah, his name, it didn't show up on the HBO show at all. It was crazy seeing... Uh, Dave uh, Gibbons' name is still on it, though. Yeah, right, Dave he's Gibbons, actually, he's, no, he's involved. He's Dave Gibbons. <laughs> yeah. Um, but I think, I, but, but if I was Alan Moore, I'd still watch it. I'd be like, hey, fuck you, these are my characters, you can't tell stories about them, I'm a crazy old genius. But well, then I'd still turn on HBO and watch it because, like, mm-hmm. why, why not? I mean, you know? yeah, but you're, you're you're not Alan Moore. <laughs> yeah. yeah, right. Like, I don't know. You could always pretend you didn't. <laughs> I feel like the joy that he'd be getting, though, if he were to go that route, would be from shitting on it in a very specific way. 
Yeah. So Moore's gonna love hate watching stuff. But also, why would anybody I watch don't that know show? If that man that loves anything. That show is terrible. Okay. Wow, strong words. <laughs> that was a wait awful show. What? That show, the new Watchmen show. Yeah, it could have learned a lot of lessons from Mighty Max. I'll tell you well, that. Thank much. you for stopping by. I'll tell you that much. If okay. that show was a little bit more like Mighty Max, <laughs> the boldest statement ever. I stated. think it would have been a lot better. See, coming in here, I hot, do both think sides it looked too clean and sounded too good. You're talking about Mighty Max, so I think you're right. No, no, I'm not. I'm talking about. I thought it looked terrible. And I just wanted like a degraded VHS thing. Jesus. Don't worry, audience. I'm out here. You can still okay, like both. both. <laughs> oh man that is insane so welcome back to is this still good a podcast where we talk about Watchmen. <laughs> i'll turn everything into a Watchmen podcast man i'm about to go grab a copy well, of Watchmen unfortunately you're here to talk about reading it like it's the bible <laughs> i mean <laughs> all right okay we'll get back to mighty max specifically it's just, it's just such a new statement and idea that i'm not even prepared listen we're i've never had a conversation with someone who didn't like Watchmen. <laughs> But I've also never had a conversation with someone who didn't like Mighty Max. I would love to see HBO's take on Mighty Max. Yeah, I haven't talked to many people about Mighty Max. <laughs> Dude, yeah, it, it we'll does talk not about come that. Up. I've got a take to pitch on Mighty Max. I'll pitch HBO a take. Oh, on we Mighty got a Max. pitch section right at the end. Now. Don't worry. Yeah, we'll that's, get that's there. Coming. I've got a pitch. Believe me, I've got a pitch. <laughs> um, I don't know where we were before this Star Wars. Uh, me neither. Sure. I was pulling yeah. a tangent on a tangent on a tangent. I think Star Wars is actually a good place to start because I was dumb and that's where I started. That's true. That was you your... gave me a well curated list. Well, yeah, Gavin asked me when I started if he yeah. wanted me to tell him what Mighty Max was about, and I said, "No, yeah. let me go into it." And Mighty Max walks around Hollywood talking to his mom, and then yeah. he shoots a portal out of his cap. And I say, "Gavin, tell me about this show." <laughs> and then, so like, it's all you need he to laughs know. and That's doesn't do it. And he twenty seconds later, a Viking shows up that they have mm-hmm. a very pre-established relationship. And I say, "Never mind, Gavin. Don't tell me anything about this show. I'm here." <laughs> Yeah, and that right. was my experience of being introduced and to then, Mighty Max. And then there's an owl it's creature just, just, in, a, in, a, in like a maroon robe saying, Mighty One, the, the, the prophecy yeah. is foretold. That's Orca. We need to jump through this portal here to get to slash let me tell you about the Taj Mahal. He's the narrator, <laughs> for sure. There's a tremendous amount of stuff that seems like it was written for me on paper. So that's, that's a bunch of toys falling out of a shoebox. Yeah, and that is yeah. a really charming way to look at the show, because like, I hadn't thought of it in that lens, but like that's totally... I mean, and specifically, even... Uh, is it... Yeah, Normie? Nor- Norman's character? Norman. Like, yep. he's a Viking. He's got like a skull ear piercing. He's wearing like an 80s like, muscular pads. headband. And... Yeah, yeah, he's got a massive football, like nine. Yeah, the chain belt with the Red master mullet, lock in the front chin strap. <laughs> oh man, what a badass outfit, dude! I should start dressing like yeah. that. <laughs> I, I, I was, I was looking at him, and I was like, "Why am I not wearing that outfit right now? I'm going outside in jeans and a t-shirt like a chump. I should be wearing shoulder pads on one <laughs> side, chain belt, cargo pants. Like, what am I doing?" It's you a know? bold look that no Norman one ever questions, too. Because like he fits right into the 80s, too. He does. Voice uh, of Richard or 90s, Mall. I guess. Yep. Richard Mall voices him. Okay. Uh, he was bull on Night Court. He's like this great big 80s uh, character actor that you'd recognize. He was in all sorts of great 80s and 90s movies, but most famously bull on Night Court. Um, and a great voice actor. He does voices on tons of stuff. Very talented guy. There's a couple of great Norman episodes, man. I could be wrong, too, but I think 
Did Ron Perlman voice the caveman? I was stunned when I realized that. I like went through it on the IMDb. It's early in his career. Ron Perlman, big time voice actor, but he is the voice of the caveman in Tar Wars. Naturally, talented actor. Yeah, we, we got a we got a talented <laughs> so ensemble just continuing cast to be here, guys. As what an unbelievable group of voice talents we've got here. Once in a lifetime. Well, the one voice I I did recognize uh, was uh, nope. Oh, the the main. The main guy, Mighty Max, uh, 30, 34-year-old Mighty Max, <laughs> which is <laughs> yeah, very hard to get over, but that's the voice of Pinky. Like Pinky like, in the Rain? That's one of the few voices I recognize from my childhood. Yeah. Bob Paulson, bunch of the same actors. Uh, Bo, you probably don't know this. I did not grow up on 90s cartoons, but... Sure. But I did like watch a lot of Animaniacs and Pinky in the Brain, and those are just buried in as, as my only friends as children. Nice. Aww. Nice. They're good ones. Yeah. That's all you need. I mean, aside from all the, like, the moose and bears in my neighborhood. <laughs> they were my friends. Where was this? Where'd you grow up? Oh, I grew up in, like, a cabin in Alaska. <laughs> cabin in Alaska. That's right. Yeah. I think I knew that. I always awesome. forget. Have we, Bo, have we, have we actually met? Like, I know you, and I know your wife pretty well. <laughs> I'm sure that we have. I'm sure we've crossed paths through something. But I know you primarily from Instagram stories by your wife where you're like, Bo fell asleep during a movie. <laughs> For sure. Yeah, man, that's, that's my claim to fame is that I sleep yes. during movies on my wife's Instagram. Oh, that's why you and Gavin get along so well. I haven't, I didn't fall asleep during a single episode of Mighty no. Max, though. Oh, you can't. Like Sage mentioned, it goes so fast. There's so much storytelling. It goes. That scene that you just described uh, where, you know, he opens a portal with his cap and then an ancient owl shows up and starts a, like a history lesson and there's a Viking and there's a caveman. That's the first two minutes of this episode. That's maybe eight seconds. Right? I mean. Like, we're not two minutes in. And as the story unfolds, the caveman and a saber-toothed tiger thousands of years ago, 5,000 years ago, got magical powers from a fallen meteor. And they've just been, like, locked in mortal combat ever since. And they both got buried in tar pits. And now they fall out of them. Both of them, like, awake, alert, alive, and fucking pissed off and ready to fight again. And they just... Go at it. And now they're tumbling through the streets. And Norman and Mighty Max and Virgil got to deal with it, you know? And that's how every episode goes. Just crazy, wild, slam-bang storytelling. Sage, if you are a Mighty Max denier, and you really are, can tell me that in that episode, when they're the, the, the caveman, the immortal caveman and the super-powered saber-toothed tiger are battling... And a shooting star goes to this guy, and the saber-toothed tiger sees it and is like, looks up at it, and it twinkles in his eye. Like that didn't move you? No, look, I'll, I will go on record as as saying I love everything about this episode. My biggest right? problem with Mighty Max as a show is that the more episodes I watch, the more I just want to fucking kill Mighty Max. I find him to be the most annoying human. He's a controversial figure. I love all the background stuff. I love what, like, six-year-old me would have written as a show. Just like, yeah, you got a caveman and Sabretooth that they have to do battle around the swamp. And also, at some point, there's going to be all sorts of skeletons that come out of the, out of the pits. That and shit was wild. It's not going to reflect on anything because they're just going to fall apart and not affect anything. That was <laughs> we weird. We have ten seconds to throw in a new idea. <laughs> that was weird. That was a minute in this yeah. show. No, on paper, so I like all of this. so much magic in the world of this yeah. creation. Yeah. There's so much magic that's just, yeah. like... 
little pieces that everyone just accepts. Because like in that episode, they spend part of the show like a caveman catching a taxi cab and exploding through the roof of the cab to chase this uh, saber-toothed tiger that's tearing up <laughs> All downtown great. Los yeah. Angeles. So on board this. And it, and it like either people like don't give a shit or just like oh look at this silly movie they're making because this is how <laughs> yeah. movies work. Yeah, whatever. It's the '90s, dude. And it's like. All... <laughs> Who gives a shit? It's a, it's a caveman saber yeah. tiger fight. It's, it's the '90s. We're having a good time. We're all riding skateboards. You know, it's it's great. I assume that's what everyone in the background was saying. Just like ah, forget it. It's yeah. the '90s. Whatever. That's the '90s for you. That's just yeah, life. LA in... is such a weird, crazy <laughs> town. The forget La Brea What do you know? So many great California jokes in this. You know, they really like. There are. Uh, they let those those snooty LA types have it in this episode. <laughs> All that magic though, like the, at the end is, you know, in, 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 with regards to, is it still good? I remembered this episode. I remembered it being great. I was, and, and as it was playing, I was like, this is awesome. And when the light twinkled in the tiger's eyes, like, yeah, this is incredible. And then those like caveman, uh, Wooly Mammoths came out of the tar pits and Mighty Max ran and just pulled the meteor out of the tar and magic started happening and then it shook and fell in. And I was watching it and I was like, this is, this kind of sucks. You know, <laughs> like this isn't, this isn't good storytelling, you know, I, <laughs> I guess I was kind of dumb when I was 13 or 12, you know, and I, and I watched this and I thought it was like great storytelling. But um, but what's the? But is it any worse than the third act of like Guardians of the Galaxy? You know, I mean, is there ever do, do any Marvel movies in the third act not end with the heroes fumbling with the MacGuffin and the, now they've got the Force and now the Force because the other guy's got it. This is how every Marvel Disney movie ends. He fumbles with a MacGuffin and the magic voodoo stops working and he has to face his fears or something. You know. Um, and that's exactly what happens. It is very classic. This is the hero's journey journey to a T. Yeah. So, Bo, um, I would love you to tell me about just the wish fulfillment involves maybe something I don't understand. Of like, you at this age, do you see yourself as Mighty Max? Is is that what it's supposed to be? Are you projecting yourself onto and like going on adventures through him? No, no, Sage, Sage, don't be ridiculous. Sage, let me tell you this. I understand. (laughs) I'll do my best. Sage, I understand that this is going to be a, a dashing concept, but, uh, you know, Mighty Max is a controversial figure. I, I get that, you know, that you've had this very averse, strong reaction to him. But I'll tell you this, you know who else was a, a controversial figure was Jesus Christ. And uh, wow. I think that if you really just open your mind and, and, you know, kind of keep walking through these episodes with me, specifically the Skullmaster story the epic of Skullmaster. i think that you'll see that uh you know there's a lot that you can learn from mighty max as much as as he can be a controversial figure for you okay then (laughs) (laughs) it's it's prophetic you know it's a prophetic tale of you know i I also have to apologize there's a a birthday party of cars honking past nearby (laughs) sounds great Uh, i can hear it that might be a staple of the audio coming in from me i like it yeah Oh boy, um, but yeah, I mean, how does wait, on, no, like, no, no, no? How do how yeah. does a birthday party work in in quarantine? Describe this to me quickly. 
Oh wow! Uh, so this question. is a this is a children's birthday party. They are all out on the. Uh, this is this has been like part of the day. I thought it was over, but it has since resurfaced. Um, the children are out on the lawn, and then cars drive by and just honk at them repeatedly. Man, I'll be honest with you. That sounds oh, like a really shitty birthday party. <laughs> yeah, there's a lot. There's a lot of balloons. All my love to that kid. Happy birthday. No mighty Max. But I'd be I'd be pissed if that was my birthday. <laughs> Shout out to the child across the street in Glendale. Yeah. Tell we, hope that, uh, we hope that you're enjoying this podcast and happy birthday. Oh, boy. I'm sure that's just as good as having a party with all of your friends and eating cake and uh, getting a jump house and making memories that will last forever. Birthdays, are they still good? This is a com- combined trauma no, birthday for everybody this year, kind of. <laughs> so uh, let's get um, back to Mighty Max. Let's yeah. talk about some more episodes here. Sure. Before we get back into the Skullmaster epic, um, did Sage? I know I threw this one on the Are list. Are you flipping late. through did pages you, of notes? I'm flipping through pages of notes, Sage. I'm flipping through <laughs> okay. pages of notes that have <laughs> multiple right. times underlined. This show is incredible. Underlined, underlined. I am underlined. happy you're taking. I have it written in notes. I have written stars around it. I've got Mighty Max written in bubble letters. Uh, is this is this a notebook that just starts with like Mighty Max eight hundred times on each page and eventually just turns into like drawings <laughs> of like bloody knives and just like really fucked up stuff? <laughs> is this your Mighty no, Max man. manifesto? No, Maxifesto, please. This is uh, you're right. This I is just some notes I that I took when I turned on this show. I uncorked this show. I haven't looked back on this since I watched it. You know, like I said, it's not out there. It's not in the world. I thought about it a few times but i've never like yeah so i i sat down to watch it and started taking some notes on it and i went through a bunch of episodes and i'd sent gavin a couple of episodes that kind of like gave my sense of the show i watched rumble in the jungle the one where they go to the gorilla land and what an episode i mean that was ruled like... by a mighty gorilla caesar with like roman uh chariots and who keeps humans as slaves uh, and zebras pull the chariots that was beautiful animation wasn't it the zebra chase the gorillas this is like celluloid animation 90s animation by the way the uh the company that made this i have this on a note here film roman made this uh same right studio that also made king of the hill simpsons at the time um i believe animaniacs as well um i don't have that in front of me though that actually um, does you know, remind me, the animation-wise, with, like, the heavy... Because <laughs> I love how every character is, like, harshly lit. There's, like, this beautiful, thick line shadow yep. on everything that is reminiscent of, like, the Animaniacs and Pinky and the Brain and all that uh, Warner Brothers, like, Steven Spielberg animation. They made all... It's really... It's very crisp, especially on, like, you have to imagine this all... Well, we're watching it in low definition... But the TVs back there then like weren't yep. that much higher definition. That was kind of the quality we were getting. Yeah. And I keep having to, to remind myself of that. I'm looking at the list of cartoons they made right now. Garfield and Friends, Bobby's in the World. Um, so, but you can see even through the low definition screen that you're looking at, like, this was great animation. You know, it wasn't, it wasn't super high def at the time that I watched it either. It was, it was a different standard that we had. When I watched it, I'm sure that like the screen was flickering and you had to go and, and pound the side, the, the side of a big fucking box television a couple of times to make it work clearly. You know, I watched it on like shitty cable. Yeah. And you can still see that the animation, especially like that, that, 
chase scene where the gorillas are on the chariots pulled by zebras and they get these great purple costumes <laughs> and the faces on the gorillas there's this scene in that episode when the gorilla is falling and you get that like zoom in on his face screaming and throughout it i'm looking at it and i'm like this animation is beautiful this is you can tell that it's a great uh it, it was a great work of art in its medium at the time and that holds up you know i don't know that that animation has more character now that it's all done um, you know, within modern parameters, not like lamenting the death of celluloid animation or anything here, but <laughs> it, it was a beautiful medium that you don't get to see used anymore. And it, these guys were, well, we wouldn't want you to get pretentious on your mighty max episode. <laughs> I'm just, no, I'm just that, making sure we're clear here, Sage, that this was a high quality animation. That's something I was noticing too. Mm-hmm. Unlike, you know, the street sharks episode, like I'll admit, like we were watching, <laughs> Some cheap-looking TV from that era. Yeah, but like this, well, that's this what... had some. This had some weight behind it in terms of the animation was rather mostly smooth. Again, there are moments where like I feel like that was just kind of a thing in this uh, era of television is they had to crank yeah. out so many episodes a season. Like these are all pretty, you know. Like right. you said, it's only two seasons, two years of television, but there were like forty episodes. And, and this um, actually did the same thing as Gargoyles, right? Where it was like the first season was 13 episodes and the one after that was like, ha ha, forever. We'll just yeah. throw episodes yeah. at the wall. We'll just write more le- Mad Libs and turn them into shows. And I mean that fully endearing. Gargoyles was another show that like, it looks really great most of the time. <laughs> but it's just yeah. like, they have to do so much work. Uh, and that- that's what I was trying to run in my head. Like, what do I compare Mighty Max to? Because the last thing that I watched for this for this podcast was Gargoyles and Gargoyles looks great. And sure. the copy of Mac- yeah. Mighty Max I have is like very degraded and like, I like the shadows and I like some of the stuff they're doing, but there's like a lot of recycling going on. <laughs> there's mm-hmm. uh, I, I just, I, I can't make that judgment. So I'd love to hear what you have to say. So, uh, so I haven't watched Gargoyles in a minute. Now I, I, I look forward to hearing your take on Gargoyles. I remember Gargoyles being a good show too. Um, I don't know if it was as good as Mighty Max. I remember it being good. And I know that it's on Disney Plus now as well. So I'm sure that if I watched... Yeah, yeah, yeah. much oh, more readily man. accessible than Mighty Max. We did have to resurrect this one. If we could one. watch Mighty Max <laughs> on like Disney Plus streaming quality. Oh, man, that'd be beautiful. Uh, well, yeah, write your, um, uh, write your senators, write your congressmen. They're not dealing with anything more important right now. No. So uh, just start by strongly the agree. Mighty Max. It's a bipartisan issue, resurrect Mighty Max. I strongly agree <laughs> that, that this should be the, the issue that brings our nation together. Now more than ever. I think that everybody could get behind this. I really do. I think that we just need to get it um, on Netflix as soon as possible um, and then get a remake in the works. But we'll get there. I think that that will really help our country heal. <laughs> well, it starts here, Bo. That Twitter campaign. Yeah. This is Hashtag our Mighty Max 2021. <laughs> this is the call to action. This is the call to action. This is Hashtag the moment I've been waiting for. I didn't even realize this is what I was missing in my life. Um, let's get on to the next episode, though. Right? Make America Mighty Max again. It's beautiful that you found your purpose so late <laughs> in life. <laughs> it, it, uh. I, I, I just feel like I have meaning again, you know? <laughs> That must I, be a I nice feel like feeling I have purpose. right now. <laughs> it is. I did want to shout out like a specific moment, like in the finale. So, Mighty Max is the tale <laughs> of the cat bearer, Mighty Max. His prophecy is that he will destroy the Soul Stone and prevent Skullmaster from yeah. bringing about total enslavement of all time and space, like we talked about. Yep. Um, yep. And 
I'm going to jump ahead just for a second. We're like treated to the prophecy itself in the finale. We get to see this giant, beautiful wall. Yes. That Skull, Skullface, Skullmaster just bursts through. <laughs> and then we proceed to see a fight scene with like these telegraphed specific visual fight moments. Like, yeah. um, we see a photo of, or like a, a painting of Skullmaster giving like a monologue that he steps into and gives his monologue. Yeah. We get, we get like a piece of, um, Warmonger, Skullmaster's right-hand uh, goblin being, uh, being thrown into a wall that he is then thrown into specifically this painting of him being thrown into this painting of a wall. Um, nah. And, like, the show does a lot of really great little clever things like that. It's all very meta and intellectual, Gavin. I agree. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I like the meta. <laughs> I agree with your I'm assessment. not going to go so far it's, as it's intellectual, brilliant. but, like, there are some very clever... Look at the show that's being made right now in front of you. Do you like it? Like, there's a, there's a moment in the pilot, right as everything's happening, where he gets the ball cap, and it says, meet me at the mini-mart. And he says, I don't know, sub-dumb quip, but then he looks at the camera and says, do you think I'm dumb enough to go to the mini-mart? <laughs> I love that. I love yeah. about one in eight of the quips that Max makes, and the rest of them can fuck right off. Every episode <laughs> begins with him getting, like, either skywriting or, like, a VHS mailed to him that is yeah, all, yeah. like, just... Very uh, colloquial, like, directions Why from... Why would someone who could teleport mail a VHS tape? Well, so he... I mean, again, he can't teleport. Mighty Max can teleport. It... Virgil's just showing yeah. up places. Virgil, Virgil is... Yeah, he's giving him directions to get to him. He's like, go down the mini-mart, take a left in the alley behind there. There's a portal that'll lead to, like, Namibia. Uh, go Jesus ahead and, Christ. like... Hop yeah. a little bus, take like a journey, like it's like just like two miles down. Hop out the bus before he makes a left on 33rd. Um, if you time it right, that will take you to Zimbabwe and I'll meet you there. And then I'll tell you about how we have to go to uh, to Australia. I think that that might be a little bit of a reductive take on Lemurians and uh, their whole <laughs> culture. We're talking about an ancient race of... Also, how are the Lemurians wise beings who are who are dedicated to the the? Why do they look like chickens instead of lemurs? Fowl, uh, <laughs> they prefer fowl. That's a running point that they make in the show. You're right. That was a cheap Mighty shot. Max I'm sorry. frequently calls uh, Virgil a chicken, and he says fowl actually. And Virgil's like uh, the last of his kind, who, as like a species, were um, victims of Skullmaster's devices. Sure, man, something like that. And like, honestly. <laughs> I'll give credit because like Lemurian is a is a pretty deep cut historical reference. Like Lemuria is basically like a myth for Atlanteans. That's how that's how off to the side it is. Well, you watched the Max, Magnificent Seven, right? I believe so. It was on the list. That was on the list, and and that's just a walk through <laughs> mythology. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's <laughs> yes, it, I it's did. Definitive and like. I looked away for like 20 seconds and eight things had happened. And at a certain point, I, I stopped just going back Man. and rewatching. I'm like, well, I'm just going to catch up in my head. And it just grabs freely from every culture, every yeah. mythology. It, it takes stories that are like, maybe true. Hanuman, I, I don't know. Sounds Oh, no, right. this is the, um, gathering the Gathering the Heroes episode. Yes, I, It's yeah. the right. Avengers Absolutely. episode where they get them all together. I really appreciated that, yeah. Holy Hanuman. shit, that That's one great. goes fast. But they, yeah, they go through all sorts of stuff and like every country has their hero. I, yeah, I think that like that was kind of progressive for the time, and I think that they were mostly right on those. I didn't Google like uh, Waigigi or whatever the Native American was or 
if any of those were like legitimate um, <laughs> regional figures. I think so, yeah. But I bet they were. Um, and and but, it didn't, you know, they could have made it up like and tasteless. slipped it past me. I think enough of these do, do exist. That would have been crazy to make them up. Yeah. No, like there, there are things about the show I very much respect. It definitely held <laughs> up. I think that that's, we can put that as another, another <clears throat> slash in the held up column for Mighty Max. Uh, lead, um, objection, leading the witness. <laughs> so, Bo, just, just to clarify, yeah. you did watch, you rewatched the entire series over the last like week or so. Is that correct? Not the entire series. I've watched a bunch of episodes. I'm, okay. I, I would guess that right now I'm about 12 episodes deep. Of forty. Um, okay, so you got you got some time left. You got I got, you got, I got time left, man. And and I, if anybody hears this, this is the like this is the takeaway they want to have from this po- this podcast is the world's on shutdown. You got time to watch Mighty Max, um, and now would be a good time to really explore your relationship with Mighty Max. It's, uh, hard to argue with. Yeah, <laughs> because I th- we got more ground to cover here. We'll get more ground to cover. Um, but hey, let me give let me play devil's advocate on one thing. I had one other thing I wanted to come back to on the the rumble in the jungle, um, in the does it hold Please up do. question because ultimately I was watching these thinking like does it hold up right? That's what I was like debating in my head the entire time. Oh yeah. And when I watched the rumble in the jungle episode, I said, could you make this show today? That's always a question when you're watching '80s and '90s content. Could you make that today? Because people always talk about that shit. Um, yeah, sometimes it's like would they even let you? <laughs> Is that what you're could, saying? Could you make, could in an episode of a, of a cartoon on television today, could you just treat casually the idea of slavery the way that this does? Like, could you have a slavery gag? Could you have an 11-year-old quip about it multiple times? <laughs> tons of quips about slavery, you know? And, uh, and sometimes the 11, it's like and by back-to-back quips. <laughs> and hey, now that I'm playing devil's advocate, also in this episode, Max first tries to surrender when they're surrounded which is like a little bit cowardly. Um, and then he tries to make Norman fight the big gorilla on his behalf, and Norman's not there. So right. he has to do it for himself, and then he runs away. So mm-hmm. sometimes Mighty Max is flawed, as well, we all has are, a plan. You know? I will he say. It goes through a whole yeah. arc. Yeah. It does. It, and and uh, ultimately, you know, well, it works out for him. This episode uh, kind of stuck out to me a little bit, too, because like this was the... And it, it happens other times, but this one has a lot more human cannon fodder than a lot of the episodes do a lot of them are more insular so many people die because again it's built it's built around like the show is built around selling toys and the way that those toys were designed are they're little haunted houses that you open up you have a villain you have a hero and you can put them in various places in this like self-contained story so this one you've got to sit through an hour of church you can pull (laughs) this out of your pocket and look at it and not be a pain in the ass and the gorillas, you know, I've seen the gorilla toy. Like, it opens up, and you're going to have, like, the gorilla world. But, like, this this episode specifically had an entire race. It, it felt like uh, Planet of the Apes was obviously what they were very the pulling from as well. I was going to say, it feels like an episode of, of The Apes. Flash. But, yes. <laughs> they're, but, like, they're throwing, well, like... Did they do uh, uh, gorilla? Spears and, like, rocks. And, like, you, you watch, like, there's a shot specifically where it's, like... Uh, 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 like a dude just falls in front of the camera and you watch the life like drain from his face with the spear yeah. impact wound off screen. But you're like, <laughs> yeah. cause that's what you could get away with in children's television. But you know, that guy yeah. is dying. He has been stabbed through the abdomen, <laughs> through, through his chest sure. with a spear. 
And there's a couple of times when you got like piles of bodies in spears and you didn't. Yeah. I had to kind of like dial in on it and be like, can you see a spear going into a body? You kind of can't because right. it's concealed by another body, but it's a pile of dead bodies. He you also know? like, uh, you know, spoilers uh, forever and always in this show, like sends the uh, evil uh, gorilla antagonizer uh, through a portal to the middle of nowhere in the desert. I know he can live because it's a cartoon, but like, yeah. That is a that is a painful way to go out, sun bleached and and and, and and like dying of uh, thirst. <laughs> he's fucking ruthless. He's ruthless. That was the other thing I wanted to say about Mighty Maxwell. He might have made some questionable decisions uh, in this episode leading up to it. To resolve those, he murdered a gorilla, like an eight hundred pound bloodthirsty dictator gorilla. Max murdered him. He killed him in there. cold blood and made a joke about it. You know, so uh, <laughs> so this is Can a we... serious character we're talking about. I just want to underscore who we're talking about when we invoke the name of Mighty Max. You know, <laughs> can we have a real conversation about the quipping in this show? Because the more <laughs> I talk to you about it, I realize the only real problem I have in this show <laughs> is that Mighty Max will not shut the fuck up and like i do think i would love this show otherwise but it is such a big problem that it stops me from loving it sage do you like spider-man i like spider-man spider-man has better writers (laughs) but like i mean i'm just saying the character that also mighty max is borrowing from heavily is like that scared teenager who suddenly has the weight of the world on his shoulders a prophecy has come upon him a magical cap yeah. rests on his head, along with the weight of, you know, all of time on his shoulders. He's the chosen one, dude. So he's he's okay. a little scared, you know. Like that's he's... your. I mean, this is this is smaller than when the other guest just called him uh, Jesus. <laughs> uh, <laughs> well, you know, that does bring me back to another point, Sage. Is that there was okay. another person? There was another person that a lot of people wanted to shut the fuck up uh, two thousand years ago, and fortunately. <laughs> You know, he didn't. Um, you talking about Herod? And, <laughs> you know, I'm talking about Jesus Christ. And, oh. Uh, I think that <laughs> if Jesus Christ were here today, he would tell you that Mighty Max is still good. It's a good show. All this, all these years later. Jesus, Jesus I Christ. Think we should, I think yeah. we should oh, read through some, some more of uh, his challenges real quick. Because, yes, we've got Skullmaster. We're in, we've got we are in Skullmaster. Quip Talk right now. <laughs> we've got, we've got talk, the Quip uh, Talk. Is Gorilla Grog. Talk. We're talking about <laughs> well, the Quip Talk. Well, that's what I call a slice of pizza. I have more <laughs> to say about the Quips. Oh, yeah. I love one I wrote down was, uh, <laughs> oh, yeah, come any closer. I'll rip your eyes out and show, show you through them through them. Or wait, what is it? <laughs> oh, that's a great one, man. There, there are good ones. And here's what I want to say that's the difference between Spider-Man and Mighty Max, other than just better overall quips, because better writing, um, is that Spider-Man will say the quip while he's fighting. He'll say it during action. He doesn't stop momentum. It's not that there's a crazy thing that happens and that it is Mighty Max's turn to talk for 10 seconds. And sometimes he doesn't say one. Sometimes he doesn't even say two. Sometimes it's just three quips back to back. And that's just such a shitty thing to make me watch a kid try to be funny when interesting (laughs) things are happening around him. Bow your defense. And, and, well, you know, you're, you're right that he, he does have a lot of very funny quips. Um, you know, you're right about that. That those, I did those say quips that. Do, okay. He's very clever. He's very quick. Um, 
He really does have a commanding presence. It's hard to look away from him when he gets on a roll. You know, Mighty Max is. You know, you're right. He's it's a hard figure, to look away because really. the camera doesn't move while he's talking. <laughs> Not even remotely what I said. <laughs> he's the cap bear, dude. He's the chosen one. You're talking about the chosen one. He killed a gorilla because he didn't like the way it was looking at you're him. You're being very disingenuous you know? right now. <laughs> uh, sometimes he's got a quip on deck. I'm here for look, it. Here's what I'm going to say is that Every wonderful minute of the show, every episode would be better if it was just about two minutes shorter and that was just a removal of, like, two-thirds of Max's quips. <laughs> How could you take two minutes out of these shows? There's so much storytelling in every episode. It's insane. Not, not a moment is wasted. Just of the quips. <laughs> those are, so wait, those are the wasted moments. We've I don't got one feel more episode. Right We've got one more episode that we have to we have to get into here. I put in just for Gavin, the Wolves of Dunaglen, a, a Scottish werewolf. <laughs> that was a fun story, time, Gavin. A, yeah. I mean, what else could you ask from this story, Gavin? Your thoughts on the Wolves of Dunaglen? Uh, I, you know, it, it again, like, sets a beautiful, we've got this abandoned castle that's going to be the setting, but, like, on top of that, we have an evil scientist, which is always mm-hmm. a good thing to throw into any, any old story. And not mm-hmm. just one yeah. werewolf, not just two werewolves, not just a clan <laughs> of werewolves, mm-hmm. but a three-headed science werewolf that is uh, yeah. murdering, uh, murdering townsfolk and... Again, this is a this is a, an episode murdering. that has a lot of death in it because people get murdered. Yeah. I think that word might even be used in the show. Uh, yeah. But how would it how would it sound in a Scottish accent? <laughs> I can't. Yeah, <laughs> yes, you can. <laughs> murdered. Murdered. Yeah. Uh, but like, this is also an episode that Mighty Max may still be quippy, but he is not quick in this episode. There is like an elongated joke of like, but Doc, what you doing in here? Like, <laughs> but it Doc. takes him a minute to figure out when she convinces him that those are all just dogs. Yeah, I was like, hey, dude, those are werewolves. You know, I mean, if you're the chosen one, I need you to get on the ball a little bit more. Again, you know, season that, one that though, scientist. he's still learning, I guess. But but a good uh, sure. like a nice little complex story here. This is uh, you know this is a little like Scottish mystery story. Who done it? Who is right. it? who's the bad and, you guy? Know, is it the creepy is it the werewolf is it the cop what if no, there's not the a bad guy scientist. oh there's a bad guy <laughs> it's not okay. it's they're not. all very complex characters i agree with sage that they're all very complex characters uh it really does reflect the the quality of the writing of the show <laughs> yeah sage sage I'm, I'm gonna have to disagree with you like it, it was a strong episode but like out, out of the five we watched sage it wasn't uh i don't know it, it was a good one this one didn't. This one didn't ring your bell. And this, huh? this is also something that does keep happening: is uh, Mighty Max will show up someplace, and someone will instantly recognize him as the cat bearer, because uh, yeah. you know, because he bears <laughs> the a werewolf cap. guy. I was like cat bearer, because that fucking hat, man. Because <laughs> yeah, I see that hat, it's like, like that. Oh, this you is know, the guy. Yeah, you drive a red car, the cops are gonna pull you over. You drive. You that... wear a red cap. You know, some uh, werewolf is gonna, some three-headed werewolf is gonna recognize you in Scotland and uh, really call you on it. I mean, we've all that been hat there. solves a lot of storytelling problems, doesn't it? That, that the chosen they do lean a lot on the chosen one stuff, the prophecy stuff, which um, I usually hate. Like I hate the idea of fate. Um, sure. And and the end of this series <laughs> sure. does kind of blow that <laughs> sure. up a little bit. Like it says, like, well, you know, this this part of the prophecy is unwritten. And uh, I was gonna say, like, I guess Norman is just dead, huh? They don't really come back to him 
Oh, we'll. Are you talking about He's the finale? Just eaten by a spider. Oh yeah. Oh, we'll, yeah. Get, we'll, we'll get back there. We'll, we'll, let's get back right. to the finale. Let's let's <laughs> let me let me put a book uh, a footnote on on the um the Scottish werewolf story before we get into the finale though because I've got to pick apart that finale a little bit right. We got to get into that. Um, but the so the Scottish werewolf story I, I watched that and it was the same thing I, like tons of death. I, I was so struck by how many people get killed and also take note. Mighty Max savagely murders that that woman, you know? That woman who's turned herself into a well, three-headed werewolf monster. He pins her under a right. giant, like, pneumatic press. and then Which comes out of, the out of nowhere and I'm sure is part of the werewolf uh, action figure playset. Like, that yeah, is man, part of the... <laughs> that, that's the reason <laughs> that press. exists is, <laughs> is so that, like, in the Mighty Max thing, you can, like push a button and like a, a little pneumatic press falls out of part of that uh, specific playset and pins the werewolf. I'll tell you, I'm the toy sure... line is good context to help me understand the show. <laughs> I'm sure that's right, but I also feel like in the 90s, there were just more like factories that had huge pneumatic presses in the ceilings. Because I feel like in movies, that there, was there were just more, more child accessible so traps in the world. <laughs> Yeah. Parent traps, mm-hmm. werewolf the traps, time. they were everywhere. Well, it was an effective werewolf trap, and he and he crushed that Salt, woman underneath it, and then left her there to die. Uh, <laughs> after he saved a clan of werewolves, Mighty Max saved a clan of werewolves. I mean, what a thing to do when you're 10 years it's old. a very specific wish fulfillment. I can think of a lot of very influential figures in history, uh, some who, who a lot of books have been written about, you know, over the course of a couple thousand years, who never saved a clan of werewolves, yeah. you know, or how many versions of that the you know of. So I'm just saying, it's another, it's another apt comparison. Um, but the end of that episode was phenomenal. So I think that we got to dig into the finale here, which kind of like, which, which tells the whole story. Um, this was again a regret in yeah. uh, in episode choice, right? As I like watched through these, I was like, man, if I'd never seen these before, if I would just want to watch greatest hits, these are the ones I want to watch. But if I've never seen it before, if I'm trying to like spread the good word of Mighty Max and get people to really like believe, then maybe I wouldn't have gone so greatest hits because you've got two full episode finale, which is bonkers it goes through the entire canon of mighty max every single person they face um and then just some clips from earlier episodes and some clips from earlier episodes including a flashback sequence to mighty max getting the cap that we see probably four times in the course (laughs) of like the first episode and then the last two episodes there's one clip that i think i watched four times they do they do work it in story-wise in their defense did it maybe save some budget sure (laughs) <laughs> yeah yeah um but but it was um yeah it's a doozy of an episode and they like I hated all the... that i hated that <laughs> yeah it was hard to... so all the all the characters that, that he fights through and the end of the first episode is him fighting that giant cyclops with the eyeball and the eyeball is an amazing character that's dr Which, zygote yeah. who has when... an entire backstory and history that like if you want to give Mighty Max two more episodes, watch the Zygote story. Um, I think maybe he's got three episodes. I don't know, but um, 
But man, he he was just a man. Mighty Max made him that way. He de- he evolved him and turned him into that eyeball monster. That's a crea- monster of Mighty Max's creation. That he then comes back and fights and, and implodes Wild. the Cyclops in a very exciting finale. Well, and watching, I, I will say that was a because there is a lot of very great. I guess again they're they're making they're probably working this backwards from toy, you know, toys that they have and they're making these action figures that are just pleasing um you know off the jump and then giving them a backstory which is like the same way that he-man was created which was also kind of a grab bag show yeah. of like you know fuck it rhinoceros slash tank let's do it yeah, um, exactly but like watching watching that skeleton uh cyclops rise above whatever central american town that was and just yeah. tower and turn around to like thunder strikes. That was pretty cool. I I, I was that pretty was on great, board man. with that. <laughs> that was awesome. Uh, then, I mean, that was like cool storytelling. It was cool yeah. animation, and that Looked was beautiful. And this whole this episode, this two episode series, is the peak of the shoebox full of toys, where they're like different sizes and some yeah. of them look familiar and like. It's just this guy versus that guy. Plus, you get like the crazy quip of uh, "Here's mud in your eye," you know. That's a classic Mighty Max. <laughs> and then he literally, literally throws mud in his eye. Now I know what my Mighty Max tattoo is. I just feel be. like that could happen while he was throwing it. I don't think those moments needed to be separated. <laughs> also, pretty impressive that he can throw mud like five stories in the air. <laughs> it always works out for him, doesn't He's it? He's mighty. That is true. I agree with you guys. It's a title. It always it's seems a to work out for Mighty Max. You know. <laughs> You don't choose to be mighty. Mighty chooses you. Yeah, he's just got that energy about him. That big cap um, energy. Big cap energy. He's got that mighty max energy. <laughs> you guys know that I don't want to say anything controversial here. I want to make sure that that's totally Of course clear. not. But the death of the Cyclops did remind me of 9-11. <laughs> okay. Which this predated just, by quite some time. Yeah, which also makes you think, doesn't yeah, it? Yeah, maybe, you know, maybe this I show just, couldn't exist the, today. With the time travel <laughs> in this show, like... Yeah, it does make me think. This is a show from a pre-9-11 world. And that that is something that is pretty, uh, you know, maybe less relevant, I would argue here. But, like, it is something I, I do think about when watching a lot of these shows. Is it's that, from a pre-quarantine world. Yeah, that too. That'll be another, world, just an sure. entire change in the way our media uh, are writing forever. The PTSD uh, of this time will also lurk in the entertainment of generations i could talk with you guys i'm sure for another hour about um the way that this coronavirus is going to impact storytelling it's something i've thought about and like been exploring for myself and talking about my wife talking about with my wife um pardon me the just the, the storytelling that's going to come out of this thing and it's already coming out of it and um how many how many movies do you think are being made right now that are just two people in a room, like just the whole yeah. movie within several blocks yeah. of me in Los Angeles. Yeah, right now, somebody's writing a rom-com that's set in this pandemic and that will come out eventually. Well, I feel at the um, bare minimum, we're going to get very special episodes of the enti- entire like next mm-hmm. season of television. Every show, For sure. it would be so weird to not address what we're all going through. Everybody Every has show. to. Me- it's weird if you don't mention pandemic, right? Like, as soon as new TV shows come on, every episode should start with the characters looking at each other, being like, "Man, how about this pandemic?" 
This is weird. Who I really miss right now, specifically to comment on the current times, is like Captain Planet. Like this, oh, it, man. this just calls for that to come back. It uh, totally does. Dude. Oh, We're in the yeah. Avengers Endgame of the Captain Planet uh, reboot movie right now. Right. If they had launched Captain Planet and not the Avengers and made 20 movies and ended in Endgame, this is would be the finale going on right now. Well, and it's, it's just like something that so many people do need help understanding and there's so much false information out there that like that was where Captain Planet sang was like explaining the HIV crisis to children for some reason. Uh, Man, did it? Does Captain or not Planet for some reason? Up? Like it was important and like, yeah. Have you it's watched Captain Planet? I, I we know. have, we ha- have not revisited. I just remember two specific episodes sure where it's will. like they, uh, Captain Planet took on HIV and water fountains um, because that was a rumor that was going around at the time. It's like you don't want to share a water fountain with someone who has HIV because people didn't understand how you got it. Hmm. And he also took That's on the message. struggles in Ireland. Uh, wow, I think I remember that. <laughs> yeah, shit's wild. The North-South, yeah. Man, I, I'll have to look back at Captain Planet because I'll tell you, my inkling might be that there is... Those are good messages, by the way. I, that's good that they like talk about that, both those issues appropriately to kids. But my inkling is yeah. there might have been some socialist propaganda embedded in Captain <laughs> Planet that I might not agree with today. <laughs> I'm um, very I might, excited to talk about that. <laughs> I might look back at that and say, oh, that's why this generation has such misguided beliefs on so many things. <laughs> so I would be interested in watching Captain Planet and seeing what comes of that. Oh, boy. But if you haven't already, <laughs> there's a pretty great short film out there of Don Cheadle as Captain Planet. <laughs> I have seen that, and I yeah. love it. Pretty wonderful. I remember Captain Planet pretty fondly. He was a, he was a solid '90s bro too, you know, like Electric Blue and Mullet yeah. and Jacked, you know, hanging um, out know, teenagers. I got a lot that of fun Captain Planet setup. memories. It's one of the few things I grew up on. <laughs> yeah, Matisse sucked. Heart. What a fucking lame thing. <laughs> <laughs> that would um, be the worst movie out of the yeah, Captain both Planet cinematic universe. Both, both like this show, that show, like the Magic School Bus, all really horned in. Like there, this was the era of that like thirty second after the episode, uh, oh. which Mighty Max does every episode. Is like I hey, would love you to know, talk about this, the educational epilogues. Yeah. <laughs> this week we Wait. went to the Andes. Uh, hey, I, I do want to go into the educational epilogues because I started pulling that thread earlier and then I got sidetracked. <laughs> I got a little bit lost and caught up in the moment, but <laughs> that was something else that I found in my research on Mighty Max, is there was a purpose to those epilogues, which is that in the early 90s, there were a few congressional hearings that were super focused on all of these TV shows that were just selling toys to kids, and the morality of it, and that was the kind of thing that our government oh. was wasting their time on back then. Simpler times. It was akin to like the comic book code, when they were just... Going after whatever dumb bullshit they were looking at at the time, right? They did it with right. Major League Baseball and everybody else. And at that time, it was these these TV shows in the afternoons after school lets out that just sell toys to kids. And they were, like, really trying to use the government to crack down on that. And one of the ways that Mighty Max navigated that was by saying, hey, there's an educational component to this show. So even though this came after the toy line and it was just just transparently selling the toy line they tacked on right. this 10 to 30 second little spiel at the end to like promote it as educational content and and get a 
X amount of senators on their side to say, hey, you're one of the yeah. good ones. Um, so that was like deliberately political. Really a public um, service. And, and kind of hardwired into into dealing with like this very big company's effort to sell toys to children. Yeah. I appreciate it. Kind of a high level of corruption involved that we can now see pretty transparently. It's right. I, I do feel like the history book compared compared to like Captain Planet or the Magic School Bus. And I, I know Sage, uh, you're more uh, of a world traveler than I am. Mm-hmm. But this did feel like the bare minimum of that, like <laughs> the most transparent version. I was like, this of feels the appeasing of the congressional uh, climate <laughs> at the time. Uh, but yeah, Sage, yes. you saw it. <laughs> Moments of it really felt like just a basic bitch master class. <laughs> right. And you're not a basic bitch. We get it. How dare you? But like, I don't you. know. Did you did you enjoy seeing, like, did you, did you care? <laughs> I think I would have appreciated it when I was 10. And I didn't know okay. like as much about this stuff. But it's just like, <laughs> and I'm, I'm, I'm someone who's literally right now writing a reductive travel guide to the world. <laughs> just like bare minimum. Like, uh, um, yeah, it's, it's so even you're, me saying So you're just mad that Max got day. there first. Like, it's really. You know, there are a lot of things. I even feel bad about like some of the dumb tricks <laughs> in real life. And now I'm just going to have a complex and just like, ah, am I just mighty maxing around right now? <laughs> This this must be like I feel like we've really we've really cracked something here. We've covered some ground and we've got to like the heart of this episode is like Yes. You know, Sage, no yeah. like we are all yeah, unique snowflakes. Um including you. And it's okay if but like you, ha- you bear some similarities. Mighty Max is not you. You're not mm-hmm. Mighty Max. Yeah, let Mighty Max into your um, heart, Sage. But it's okay to see the good in others. Yeah. Sage, I agree with Gavin that you should let Mighty Max into your heart and just accept his his truth and well, wisdom. Thank you for and, this uh, very important existence. special lesson, and thank you for being on this special episode of. Uh... <laughs> um, in these times, in these trying times, now more than ever, uh, in this time of quarantine, I think that Mighty Max is so relevant. I can um, feel like the rage. <laughs> The idea of a cap that takes you leaping through the world is uh, is so relevant to us. It really does let you explore the world in a way that you just can't from your living room now that we can't leave it. Well, no, I'm going to say you could watch little educational videos about anything in the world at any time that are much I felt that the educational component on this was maybe 50% more tacked on than Carmen Sandiego. Um I was like, Carmen Sandiego is something that felt like it was supposed to be educational, but it's also a cartoon, so it's okay. Um, <laughs> or uh, a, a weird uh, game show, depending on how far back you go with Carmen Sandiego. Mighty Max yeah, I knew the game show like version of, uh, more was my childhood version of it. I watched Wearing Time as Carmen Sandiego every day after school. Sage, <laughs> let me ask you a blunt question. How old are you? Time. It's common, Sandy. 30. And Gavin, <laughs> I caught myself 30. saying 37 a couple times recently. I think I'm 30. I might be 31. I honestly yeah. don't remember. Jesus, Gavin. <laughs> it just hasn't. No, you, just, you just turned 31 like last month. Yeah. yeah. Right? What? Gavin, I've caught Didn't myself several times. Probably. I've caught myself several yeah. times telling people I was 37 it, it, and then realizing I was It hasn't mattered since I was like. That keeps happening to me now. <laughs> Yeah, I think I'm in that in that era. Uh, I remember once, like when I had just turned like maybe 22 or 23, going to a bar and saying I was 19 on accident. 
<laughs> and thankfully, you know, I didn't Just need a fake ID do. to lie about. My ID told the truth yeah. for me. It's a tough but, yeah, look now, Jacob. No, this man, you're 19. Uh, I'll that's that's a me like thing. A <laughs> yeah. I am not welcome back to that roller rink anymore. <laughs> yeah, it might not <laughs> Anyways, have the selling power that uh, used Getting to, back to Mighty Max. If it ever did. Getting back to Mighty Max. Let's get to the end. Let's get to the end of these episodes that we watched. We have to touch on the end of this episode, right? Because like Gavin mentioned, okay. we go through all of our villains. We go through everybody. We battle through the entire history of Mighty Max. Watch these, the, the, the beginning over and over and over and over. And then um, Skullmaster, well, first Arachnoid kills Norman. And then Skullmaster kills Virgil. And they're dead. Right. They're like a couple of main characters of the show. And Skullmaster yeah. just fucking kills them. Just, you know, because this show wiping is them off the serious. show. It is like heavy. I mean, what other... Name a more central character in a, a comparable TV, a comparable cartoon show, right? Any character from Ninja Turtles or G.I. Joe or Pokemon or whatever kids your age watch. Sage, I don't know. I don't know. This is about where I stopped watching cartoons. So I don't know what came after this. Pokemon is what came on when I was like, I'm too old for that. That came on when I was like 14 and I didn't give a shit. And then Digimon. And that was when I was like, cartoons these days aren't as good as they used to be. Back when they were like Mighty Max. I mean, you, okay, you're, you're talking <laughs> yeah. about... You're talking about these characters as if they died. Was there a death scene for any characters in GI? Yeah, I mean, they did. Sub magic loophole because that happened on shows all the time. Characters would die; they'd come back, like I the mean, equilibrium's restored. So, like, and they didn't. Come I don't back. know. But well, they didn't see them come back. I, I guess, like, if you're talking about it comparably, because I say you grew up a DC oh. fan, and yeah, more or less, and in comic books, this was a much more common. Um, like I would argue this is more of sure. like a comic book which is aimed at like a an older All audience comparably where characters do die and come back um and I think was this around that time when that started really happening this was right around there was the same a time, time in Batman comic books where this was like right in that same right. time frame when both when Batman got his back broken by Bane and Superman got killed by Doomsday spoilers yeah it was happening and a little bit after the whole Joker stuff with uh, Robin. Killing main characters was kind of hot. And you're right, it definitely was a lot more in like the comics landscape than, than cartoons. Um, never happened in Ninja Turtles, though. Never happened in, in G.I. Joe. I, I don't remember deaths, like heavy deaths like this happening okay. in most of these cartoon shows. Did on Mighty Max, man. Game changer. They changed everything. It also didn't happen on Mighty Max. <laughs> Skullmaster died in game. <laughs> and how about Skullmaster putting on the cap? So that was an important moment for me because the entire time I was watching all these episodes thinking, is it still good? In, my, in the back of my head, I was like, what the fuck's up with this cap? Is this an ancient baseball cap that suspiciously, <laughs> suspiciously matches his t-shirt? Yeah. And like, this looks like uh, a prop designed for Mighty Max. Which I wanted. I was, because yeah. I mean, I think they do flash back to one of the earlier Mighty Maximus or something. I think something, they do, man. And, and is the red Skull Master cap. put it on was sick. I, I looked at that and I was like, oh, it's dumb I and need wonderful to make... at the same time. Yeah, I know. I was, but there's a moment there. I was there's a moment so where the disappointed, though, when it turned into a crown. Gavin, because keep an eye out him for, with the red keep baseball an eye out for, cap the Skull was Master perfect. And the red baseball cap. Yes. Is be my and it is great. That is beautiful. Everything. 
on every platform on social media from Instagram to LinkedIn. It's just going to be Skull Master <laughs> and the Baseball Cap. And I'm going to be on all of those telling people about Mighty Max. So the show then ends that Mighty Max jumps up and grabs his scepter and does some other kind of power. Well, they've given us a nice little speech about how the cap controls time and space or whatever. I don't know. Um, and, and Skull Master is using that power to do something evil and Mighty Max grabs the, the, his scepter or something, <laughs> the crystal, whatever MacGuffin does the MacGuffin, you know? Like, with the crystal. We're just, we're just playing loosey-goosey with the rules, making it up as we go along. Skullmaster's about to do the evil. Instead, Mighty Max gets in there. Again, Skullmaster, 10 feet tall, jacked, kills people all the time. Weird that he can't just kill Mighty Max. Well, he's still, you know, most of the show, he is coming back to his full power in his defense. He has to absorb those souls. He's doing the Voldemort yeah. deal. In the early episodes, it makes more sense. There's an there's a there's a uh, Skullmaster episode where he pretends to be Loki and tricks a druid into releasing a dragon, and then he steals the dragon. And the episode ends with him flying away on a dragon. Sage. I think that if you want to start taking Skullmaster seriously, that's the episode you have to see. I'll find the name of it and send it over to you. Excellent Mad Lib. <laughs> well, and, and you're, I mean, uh, you're making implications of a lot of my desires <laughs> there. I, I, I was very taken, because th- this is like our, in what we were, in what we did watch, we, were, we had three, like, you know, we had episode one, the season one finale, and the season two finale were all very Skullmaster-centric and we spent yeah. a lot of time in his like hell. beautiful level uh, toy set. Yeah, it's hell. Of, it's, it's the you know, underworld. I don't know what he calls it's, it. Like, know, I want to call it Mount pit. Doom, but that's clearly the wrong mythology. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, do his bidding. Yeah, he's the king of hell. The center of the earth, filled with like flaming lava monsters, and like oh, in their first showdown in the first episode, because like we're into yeah. this quick. There like he's like, man, I don't want to go down and face Skullmaster, and then they yeah. like trip into a portal and they're facing Skullmaster. Which is, you know, just how this Mighty Max world rocks. Also the music, my God. But we'll get back like, to that. Oh man, those guitar riffs. If, if, if it's not a Mighty Max quip, it's... <laughs> They're so good. Yeah. You know, the score to the show slaps. Man, Sage, I agree with you again. This is a great show. I feel like we're on the same page here. <laughs> but just to like... In that first, in that first episode, when he's first face-to-face with Skullmaster, he's backing away, he's quipping... Full speed, yep. Skullmaster's encroaching on him, and he knocks the crystal, almost shattering it. Which, like we find out, is the whole point of the show: is Skullmaster needs to absorb the souls and get the cap, and <laughs> yeah. Mighty Max needs to shatter this crystal. And like that show could have been epi- like ended in episode one. All right, <laughs> but no, we come back. <laughs> we come back. Uh, the the season finale. We, we he he creates his Avengers of like historical oh, to go kill Skullmaster, um, cultural heroes. Yeah, yeah. Who uh, yep. fight together. Well, and also to shatter the crystal, which um, each of these heroes has to sacrifice themselves to not only give Max the chance to escape to yep. fight another day, but they do shatter the crystal in that first uh, season. And the next season, my understanding is that he's rebuilding his power once again uh, to get to season yep. two finale, where he now has the crystal and the cap. And... Once again, like this is the the power 
has all come together. It's very Death Star, you know. It's it's uh, yeah. This this is uh, Return of the Jedi. It's we're, all we're just back like to... Ultimate Evil versus the Chosen One, and we skimmed over Magnificent Seven and and skipped the fact that like man, that death scene for all the heroes. That, that first of all, again, it, it, for on Mighty Max's behalf, he put together a hit squad and went to hell to kill Satan. He was going after Skullmaster on his own turf. Um, to take his crystal and break it. Yeah. So I mean, so Mighty Max is not to be. I'm starting to come around on these biblical uh, on the defense. He'll go on offense too. Biblical uh, and he'll bring Hanuman against his will. Hanuman was like, "No, I don't want to go off chosen life of peace." So Max had his goons tie him up and drag him into hell for a fight. And Hanuman, who's also a god, I'm not saying Mighty Max is a god. I'm just saying that Hanuman is also like Mighty Max in this way. Um, Hanuman got on board and ultimately gave his life for Mighty Max as did all these heroes Beowulf I mean Beowulf was a solid number two for Mighty Max in that episode he was a good general the references to Grendel and ripping off his arm like they were referencing some of the masterworks of literature in that show and referencing it on a pretty clever level you know um, so we skimmed over the Magnificent Seven. The end of that was gnarly with all those heroes dying. Yeah. And now, that being the stakes of the epi- end of episode one, we've got an easy uh, um, comparison to make right. here. Episode one, the, the, comparing it to Avengers or um, Old Testament. No, and, and, that's, and then we're back into season two where, although it takes us a very different route to get there, this show is built around when it comes to Skullmaster tactical retreats, which is like the last thing I kind of want to say about our arc is that granted, uh, I say that like it's a bad thing, but the tactical retreats are more often than not jumping off of a lava waterfall into a portal um, as Skullmaster falls screaming into the depths of hell. That happens a couple times, doesn't it? Yeah. Yeah. No, it's a, it's a good thing. Well, he's got to use that portal. Yeah. I think this is going to bring us to, to final judgments, though. So, Bo, All right, how do final do, judgments how do you, work? Out? How do you feel about this? How do you feel about this? Would you say on our on our on our on our scale of, of ratings, was this still good? Was this better as a memory, or is this something that we should dig like you know, put in the ground and never speak of again? Guys, I want to be honest with you. Okay, I'm ready. <laughs> this show is good. don't hold back. This show is still good. This is a good show. This is a very 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 good show. This is, Mighty Max is a very good show, and I would like to see a high quality version of it and a reboot of it. But we'll get there eventually. This is a good show. Okay, succinct. Uh, Period. I'm I'm gonna hop in with like just to just to follow that up too. Like yeah, the version we watched did have like a low constant like VHS hiss. Uh, there was some gate weep on some episodes. Gate weep. Um, well, like, or the VHS, like, kind of warble. Like, there would be tracking would come off. Yeah, yeah. Bit. Gateweep is the wrong term. Gateweep but... is the word for that? <laughs> oh, whatever. Sure, yeah, interesting. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say better as a memory. Like, I did have a really good time rewatching this. It gave me, like, I remembered how much I liked this show as a kid. And, like, if I had a kid to show this world to, like, this too, I 100% would. Uh, Max's quips... Uh, I I think they had a higher hit percentage than Sage has been giving them credit for, but uh, it was not a hundred percent, and uh, it was maybe a hundred and fifty percent 
the amount of quips that we should have gotten. But, like, the characters were great. The design was really fun. The art style was actually, though it borrowed a lot, felt kind of unique. Like, it had a very specific look that was very 90s, but, like, to a level that, like, not even a lot of stuff being made at that time feels like this feels more 90s than the 90s did at the time almost like it's <laughs> it's it, all through is, it stands alone in that like it's really cool to see that but like i'd be hard pressed to like give like tell someone to just like stop what they're doing and go back and watch this show whereas like telling them dude remember mighty max that was great uh is maybe where that would stop for the most of the time <laughs> but yeah sage what do you think? Kevin's staying true neutral. Well, I'd like to preemptively remind everyone that this is the uh, monologue section of the podcast. So I shouldn't interrupt you. Is that what you're saying? <laughs> uh, Bo, your impassioned... Mm. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Bo, your mm. impassioned defense of Mighty mm. Max has moved me up a level. Because this is... This, this is my least favorite... This is the least excited I've been for a project on this podcast. Uh... The first thing was someone showed me the trailer, and I thought it looked like absolute hot trash. And thank God it is not hot trash. Most of it is very fun. Some of it is clever. The majority of it is very enjoyable, but I cannot get past the quip ratio. I cannot get back past how much of it doesn't work <laughs> uh, and just how much it is just wasting my time in a show that does not waste my time. <laughs> so it's it's very glaring. I was going to bury it in the ground I'm going, it's better as a memory. I got okay. a lot of good things wow. to say about this show, wow. and I have more after this. Yeah, we I mean, I don't know if you noticed, but it was a very impassioned defense. I went through an arc, uh, but I, if I'm lucky, I will turn back time, and I'll, I'll get to pretend I'm curmudgeon about it again. I think we're on the right track here, guys. Um, I think that you're trending in the right direction. Um, I, I, I Let me press this on you, though. Let me Let me... To, to a quick thought experiment. Okay. Okay. If this did drop on Netflix, <laughs> if like all these episodes came up on Disney Plus, if they acquired it and they were all there in like full resolution, looking beautiful, forty episodes, twenty minutes each, bang, 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 action. Would you not give eight hundred minutes to that? I well, that's I a would lot. definitely give. Minutes. That's what twelve hours. I would watch more. I would give more episodes to this. And that's where I thought yeah. you were just going to go. It's like, Sage, you know, you only watched five episodes. But I actually, like, I liked the show less as it well, went so on. Well, I, so, I, I mean, I understand. I understand that context is hard. Well, that context is hard. Watching it on, like, the VHS deal, watching it, you know, watching it on, like, the, the, the shitty um, copy yeah. that you have access to, in, internet bootleg style, you know? That's tough. I'm, I'm accustomed to a higher quality of content. And I got to admit that, like, so much of this for me was... Uh, you know, I was tethered to that experience. Like I, I remember the weather when I was watching this show. You know, it, it's such a, a vivid experience for me watching two seasons of this in real time, twelve and thirteen years old. Seeing it go, I watched Magnificent Seven and see it, and saw it go to um, break for the season. You know, and then I had to go outside for the summer and play baseball. And then when I came back in the spring, or when I came back in the fall, Mighty Max came back on, and I saw how the whole story continued you know um so so hey i've got to own that bias but right if you can peel through the bias of of the media that we saw it on i mean those are 40 episodes that are worth watching am i wrong no i mean i i, I would give it more episodes for sure and i just my own bias is like i actually do more accurately remember having these toys 
like more so even than the show mm-hmm. was like I've never even heard of Polly. This was the exact right time for me to have like I had at least one, if not two or three of these little sets because they were you know affordable. They weren't like again they're like small pieces of plastic. It's not. I don't remember them being like you know toys that I couldn't necessarily afford because they had memories of like toys that you'd see on the playground that I couldn't afford. But I still have fond memories of because I had hmm. friends like who would share with me, sure. uh, which is, actually was often the same with these TV shows because I didn't have cable. So a lot of this stuff I was watching at friends' houses, which gave it an almost more rare feel. Like I got snippets into these worlds, and this was definitely one of those shows that I didn't. I don't remember the f- finales. I remember Skullmaster, but that might have been mostly from the opening titles, which are amazing in this show, and if nothing else that 100% holds up. Or maybe you were just misremembering skeleton-based uh, villains <laughs> from other media. No, this... Out of that, this was my this was my skeleton-faced uh, foe. Like, I didn't grow Ooh. up on... I didn't grow <laughs> up on D-Man. Like, this was... You know, he may have been not the first, but he was my skeleton-faced villain. You were like one of those kids Mine's that grew up Captain eating America. Hydrox cookies. And uh, you're just like, oh, these cookies are delicious, you know? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. Yeah. So, Bo. Uh, yeah. Well, that's great. Or did you have a, Did you yeah. have another thought on that, Gavin? No. It sounds like it sounds like it's time to talk reboots. Yeah. It sounds. It sounds like, like we're all in agreement. This is a great show. For remaster. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Man. Well, in the remaster, I do want to <laughs> shout out like it, <laughs> the the version that does exist online. <laughs> All it needs is like a little sound pass. Go through and like remove. Like that seems like something someone could do. That would be enough for me. I, I flirted with doing that just just to watch it myself and do some very simple noise removal. Oh, that'd be huge. If someone wants to go in and just take out just take out that so- noise removal, tweet yeah. us at, at at good still or we don't have a Twitter. <laughs> right, right in the good still <laughs> Instagram. Yeah. Message us on Instagram with the link to the... That's yeah. all I got here. <laughs> but, like, yeah, please, someone do this. It wouldn't be that hard, and, uh, you know, it would make Bo's day. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> yeah. It would. It would be huge. It would be huge. You make and Bo here's happy. what I'd suggest here, is that we've got so much time left in quarantine, and I'm telling you that if there was a better version of this, as soon as Shelter in Place is lifted, I would have a wonderful watching party for Mighty Max. I'd put it on a big screen. I'd get good speakers and serve nice hors d'oeuvres and um we just watched mighty max tim curry will be there oh man this soundtrack tim, we'll, we'll see if we can get tim curry mm-hmm. in oh man it'll be that, great that i great. this so so talking like in the world of reboots that, that is the first thing that i'm calling for is just get me any better version of this because i'm going to keep watching it yeah, I'm just going to keep first, watching it when I need if, something if, to look at on my uh, on my laptop. I'm going to watch all 40 episodes before that happens, guaranteed. But, Bo, if we um, get a remaster and, and it's popular, we will get a new version of the product because that's the era that we live in. Everything we ever loved will die I mean, in front of our eyes in a new format. Um, what would you want that to be? Well, first I want it, like, I want it on Netflix. I want it on Amazon Prime. I want something. I want it out there. So getting past that... 
you got to reboot it. No, I'm a fan of rebooting everything, right? As much shit as I was talking on Watchmen earlier, okay. fucking send it. Give me another Watchmen show. Give me another Watchmen show tomorrow. Put Batman in it. Remake. They can make a TV show out of any of those shitty Watchmen sequel comic books that they made, and I'll watch that too. And then they can make sequels to those shows and movies and reboot them, and I'll watch all those. Um, I love this shit. I don't care. Give me more Watchmen. So I want more Mighty Max. And in a way, I feel like this is fitting because this every episode of Mighty Max is the answer to the question, more. It's just somebody saying, give me more. And then they're like, all right, cool. The Here's question Warren was Mammoth just Dinosaurs. the word more. What else the do you need? Period at the end. The question is more. And Mighty Max is the answer. <laughs> so that's what I want in a reboot. I want a Netflix series. Mm-hmm. I want every episode, and by the way, I want it to come out um, on a schedule. Maybe I just want these all at once. I don't know. I haven't decided if I'm binging stuff or watching on schedules anymore. Um, but time is irrelevant in, in, in coronavirus world, so um, I want them all to drop as soon as possible. Is there like a showrunner that you like would trust this to? Like, is there a, you know, like to me, Castlevania mm-hmm. or uh, the. Uh, the DuckTales reboot both come to mind Tales where <laughs> um, I haven't seen either. They, oh, man. They're both pretty pretty damn good. Uh, you'd especially like Castlevania. But to me, actually, the DuckTales, yeah. like the animation studio behind it, I had problems with at first. Um, but like the animation is a lot closer to Mighty Max in style. And I could see them doing like yeah. Disney could do a really interesting job with this. In terms of those, uh, that show is built around a similar structure of it's very episodic, um, or it's very like you know monster of the week, but like still has this this storytelling that doesn't go just like full season, but like it continues and pushes through seasons um, in ways that's really interesting. Yeah, and the humor is very quippy, so I think that's like that creative team and the talent they're able to attach to that as well, because the voice cast is incredible as that show as well. Would do a great job with this with this content. I can I can see something like that. Oh, you know, it's an interesting way to look at it through the, that that show. I the, the the nearest comparison I could make to what I'm seeing for like a Netflix series is something like Video Game High School. I don't know if you guys caught the. It's kind of a yeah, I've uh, seen it. Large scale yeah, the Rocket Jump show web series, right? Yeah, on YouTube. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. Um, and it's just slam bang madness. Every episode blasts super fast and. Um, would you, know, you? It's just like chaos, and that's would what you I want. want a live visual, action? fast-paced chaos. Is that? Is would you push for yes. that? Yeah, interesting. More, yes, more. <laughs> I've got ideas on this. I'm ready to cast it. Um, gonna, live I'm action and then up. some. We're talking live action in the world of Marvel. If you oh. if you've got your castings, give I mean, me give I, me give me your Max, your Skullface, and your uh, your Virgil and Norman. Aren't they working on something like Gladly. that for Johnny Quest? Like kind of what he's pitching. Got to make that up. Okay. But I do want to hear <laughs> live action. That. Yeah, casting. So again, we're going with more. And this is, I'm talking about just as live action as like Avengers Endgame, which was a cartoon for the sure, most part. Sure, sure, shoot. So in our main role as Mighty Max, I've got uh, digitally de-aged Jonathan Taylor Thomas. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Bring him back to like 10 to 12 years old. Um, oh my God. And... Uh, yeah, 
perfect, right? I mean, who else could it possibly be but digitally DA'd Jonathan Taylor Thomas? Well, now that you said it, enough like, no the original. That's yeah. Bobby Max. Okay. Next, we'll go with uh, Virgil. Virgil the Lemurian. Right. Not a chicken, a fowl. A fowl. I feel like this is obviously a CGI role because sure. we're going like yeah, yeah. really beautiful CGI fowl, yeah. right? So, and I've got the voice of Alan Rickman. Ooh, you know? okay, that so would you be just, great. You're making this very complicated. <laughs> yeah, I mean yeah, that would be. I, I'm, I'm down with that. It might get more complicated, Sage, um, because I'd, this I'd next one, Freeman. Norman. Morgan Freeman is a little more. He's a little bit. Hmm. hmm. That would also but they be a fun pitch him to, see. to sound like Alan Rickman. <laughs> it's Morgan Freeman doing an Alan Rickman impression. That's my pitch. I mean, He'll go right then, over home plate. It's a go. strikeout or a home the run. Real... Whichever one makes me look better. Nailed it. Just the this the okay. snideness <laughs> of Alan Rickman could really bring something fun. That I don't know if that's in the original scripture, uh, but like it, it is mm-hmm. more of a Morgan Freeman in the original. But I would want to see. Uh, Alan Rickman's version of that character for sure. Or I'd also say like Jeremy well, Irons, and, and Jason, based on what he did with his little bit of as Alfred. That is true. Oh yeah, a, a, a nice Jeremy Irons. That Alfred is an apt comparison. You know, he's kind of that, uh, you know, that, that, that sage quasi father figure. Max doesn't have a father that we speak of. That is true. <laughs> Didn't think about that. Um. I can think of another important historical figure that only really had a strong mother and uh, you know, and an absent father. father story, but, in his life, yeah. but it was always more yeah, about what he wanted than that. what his kid wanted. Yeah. So who? So who's your Norman? <laughs> We're not solving theology. <laughs> no, no, no. We're okay. going to get who's off Norman? Of these controversial topics. We're going to get off of these controversial topics. Norman is Dwayne the Rock Johnson in full whiteface. <laughs> because this is a Viking a character. Bitch. He has to be, you know, I don't want to be like too, I'm never too slavish to like, like race right. and storytelling. Well, I mean, this is to cartoons and comic book characters. This is also a reboot. Them. So he could be like a Samoan. Yeah. He could be Samoan. He could be any of those things, but for the sake that. of more and for the conversation that I, I think would be fun to start with Dwayne, the Rock Johnson in the middle I'd like to see Attitude him in era. full white makeup with a red <laughs> mullet, like a ginger mullet and a ginger chin strap, and the exact same costume. I mean, the very same outfit, shoulder pads, belt. Um, and, you know, let's just throw the rock and white face on Netflix and see what everybody thinks about it. You know, I don't think it'll be that big of a deal, honestly. I think Twitter will, like, not mind. I, I um, personally would like to see... Like, that would be fun and all. But for the for the real... Like, The Rock being, like, the early version of himself with, like, the his early mm-hmm. hairdo when he had hair and, like, oh, bringing sure. more... Because he was also a 90s staple. And that attitude that he was at that time was something that Norman was going for similarly, that type of cool. Uh, yeah. I, so I, w- I would love to see... I think The Rock's a great choice. Um, I I would love to see him do something more in that thing and and play towards his like strengths in like telling uh, more Samoan culture and the way that like you know Hobbs and Shaw steered away from the white face. Yeah, 
I just don't. That's a one. Yeah, that's no, a one. I'll remind that's you that digital de-aging is on the table already. It's a one note yeah. joke to me. But I, but I, like, I do want to. I do want to hear white people complain about that. Like that would just bring me a lot of attention. They would complain about him being Samoan in the show almost <laughs> no. more so because they're not even, you know, anytime they change anything. But ugh. somebody will complain about something. But I think that either way, this show can. Uh, has the opportunity to drive a lot of really important conversations. <laughs> so, um, who was your Norman, Kevin? You know, I agree with you on that. No, I, I think I think The Rock would be a great choice. So My, or not. The thing yeah. I would jump to would maybe be like honestly, I would I I would raid the 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 Fast and the Furious uh, cast as much as you could for this show. To be honest, like and any show, same really. production it's team, ludicrous. really. Yeah. <laughs> Um, John Cena, but no, like, like Jason Statham or John Cena would both be really fun <laughs> versions of this too. Uh, but I think The Rock is a better choice, especially with like the size he's gotten to, uh, like just physically, because uh, he used to be a more svelte yeah, uh, person. Walker. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, on that note, um, I'm going to let you do your uh, your, oh, your well, Skullmaster have... first. But like, I have a Skullmaster <laughs> that I want to. I have a Norman that I want to throw out that everyone mm-hmm. seems to overlook. Sure, Kevin. Shoot. Sorbo. Okay. Just just throw him back in there. <laughs> oh, Kevin Sorbo is <laughs> a perfect Norman, dude. Yeah. I would take Kevin like, Sorbo no in a moment. Don't even let him work out. <laughs> just Kevin <laughs> Sorbo as is. You know, I, I bet that he's I bet he's doing great and he's right from the same vein of storytelling. Yeah. Um Kevin Sorbo was on was probably starring in Hercules, like I bet that was ninety three as well. I think it's maybe a couple of I bet years that I watched later, Mighty but... Max in the afternoon and Hercules in the evening. Yeah. Yeah. No, yeah, this was Xena era. That would be, yeah. Kevin Sorbo. Perfect. And and he had some like dumb quips. Um and a lot of Mighty Max energy, you know? Alright, so who's who's your who's your skullmaster? Uh probably Tim Curry, man. I don't know who else could play Skullmaster. So would he be job. So he'd be CGI then in, in your yeah. version. He'll do a Mark Ruffalo gig, you know. Okay. He'll put the dots on and, and we'll make him 10 feet tall, all CGI. Um, now, for a minute, I was like, maybe you could go with like a John Cena in this. I heard his name invoked a few right. minutes ago. And he's got that same kind of like skeletal baboon face. And, he does. Uh, and could probably pull off like that big theatrical character. But Tim Curry, dude, I need Tim Curry. I need like full Incredible Hulk style CGI, ten feet tall, because he's a big motherfucker. Yeah, I'm not quite ready to accept John Cena as an actor. I, I've seen glimmers of it, like I'm starting to come around mm-hmm. on him. Yeah, but uh, he he would not be my 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 schoolmaster. That being said, he's no Vin rock. Diesel. He's not the Rock. Vin yeah, Diesel. I was just gonna throw that. Out there. <laughs> oh sure. I know there'd be like you, yeah. you couldn't you couldn't do it politically between the yeah. two of them. They can't share the screen together. But like, Vin Diesel would make a really fun Skullmaster, and he would have so much fun doing it too. And like, he's the kind of character. He's the kind of actor who you feel just like The Rock when they're having a good time. It helps you have a good time with that movie, uh, or or property. Yeah. And he would be. I would love to see his version of Skullmaster. All right, guys, are you, are you ready oh, for my great. Skullmaster? I'm trying to trying to drum up some anticipation here. All right. Okay. Kevin? Sorbo. Just <laughs> two sides of the same. <laughs> two roles? Yeah, at Are you at going, least. like, Sorbo in both at roles? At least. <laughs> He'd also be the caveman and the saber-toothed tiger. Look, my boy needs some work. <laughs> I'm glad you're looking at I think him. that you have to have Ron Perlman 
I think you have to have Ron Perlman bookend his career as <laughs> that Gore. That would be great. I, I would be on board for that. He could absolutely come back and play Gore. Exact same like lines, same that role. That would work. Um, that would be terrific. And these are probably about if I was like really trying to like if I was trying to a, a movie if I was trying to capture the whole, the full Mighty Max story. These are the stories I'd want to see. And, and you, know? you could do um, that. I, I wonder if you could make a Netflix episode where they go to to do do Rumble in the Jungle again, and just have like slavery as a gag in a show that's kind of for I, kids. I do think this feels like um, you know you'd, you'd update it. It would be for like you know the the twelve and thirteen year olds, and it would be like every episode's forty eight to a minute twenty, and each of these is like a miniature movie. I was thinking of it kind of in yeah. the in the realm of like James Bond too, where it's like. You get one of these every once in a while. Maybe it isn't a weekly thing. But, like, that is the version. Sure. I would love to see, like, the Netflix uh, budget. Like, the Netflix Marvel show budget would be, like, the um, the amount of yeah. quality I'd want to see in this. Where there's still a little bit of charm. Like, they have to reach. And it keeps them creative in a certain respect. Like, the Jaws thing where they can't fully show yeah. the shark too much. You know? Uh, I I would be down for that. That would be very fun. But when it's on, I want it to have that energy like, um, oh, what's the Jason Statham energy. movie? Crank. Where it just it just <laughs> never stops going 110 no. miles an hour. Big cap I was actually going to recommend like you know. those creators as the showrunner for this. Basically oh, they a would be happy delightful. version of sure. Mighty Max. Yeah. Happy with an exclamation mark yeah. after it. Yeah. Neville well, Dean Taylor, those guys. I think we're all on the same page here, guys. I'm going to send you some links to a couple of change.org petitions that I've put together and to GoFundMe. We'll put those in the show notes, um, I'm sure. And I, and I think that Never we'll get the, the ball rolling on this thing. I would Sounds watch great. a remaster. I would watch a reboot. I, I don't know. I got, I got right. time. So that means it's still yeah. good, right? Sure. So that, that means it's still <laughs> good. If, if, if you would watch it, Re, remastered and, and reissued and put together is a good thing. We're not ta- we're talking about the piece, the art piece. We're not talking about uh, you know the digital files. The art piece it holds up. If it was there, you'd admire it, and and you'd like to see it live again as a new form of content. There's all sorts of potential for it. it sounds to me like we all agree this, this show is still. <laughs> well, thank you for coming on, though. <laughs> <laughs> There's the With call to very, action. Right in. It's still good pod. We'll connect from. I don't know if you guys are Max. usually so unanimous in your in your effusive I think phrase it's only happened on, on one thing. <laughs> yeah. Well, right right in. We'll con- we'll connect you to this uh we'll connect you to this uh <laughs> this uh change.org petition ah, change.org petition. Um Bo, do you want to give them an, a a place to find you and 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 uh your links to those? Uh, yeah, sure. Um, I've got a website, goodatdrawing.com. Um, I'm an illustrator and storyteller, and um, I like to blog and be present on the internet at goodatdrawing.com. And then my Instagram is goodatdrawingclub, um, and that's just me as a person, you know. So um, <laughs> check me out if you're in the sound of my voice, and let's make friends and talk about uh, Mighty Max. Now, Sage, where can people find and follow you? I think you know I don't have anything to plug. <laughs> I do this. <laughs> you can follow me around. You can't even follow me around. I'm, I'm puttering around my house. <laughs> um, but as always, you can, uh, you can just type in Sage Alaska and find way more information than you should. So we'll go with that. Yeah. Fascinating. And I'm at Gavin V. Sage Murray. Alaska. <laughs> 
Yeah. He's legally changing his name for this podcast. Um, you can find me at, at I'm going to Google Bible. that because I can't imagine that if I Google Sage Alaska, I'll find you. I guarantee right? you will. <laughs> Might not be in the first page, but it will no not shit. take a lot of work. I'm not going to encourage this. Gavin, where can we find you? <laughs> Gavin V. Murray uh, on Instagram. Uh, and you can follow us at Still Good Pod on Instagram as well. And maybe we'll have a website. Uh, it'll be stillgood.com. And uh, yeah. Uh, Thank you for coming on and defending Mighty Max for, <laughs> Jesus Christ, two fucking hours. <laughs> yeah. Thanks, Bo. Yeah. All right. You say defending, Bo. but I, I feel like, again, we're, we're all on the same page here. It is true. This is uh, true. And thanks I, for having I, me, guys. That was, that was a lot of fun for me. That was, uh... <laughs> it felt like you were working some stuff out. And no, I hope man. I just, I just found the way after a long time of being lost. You know, I feel like I was lost in the woods for so many years, and now I have a light in my life again. And I really appreciate uh, your role in that, Gavin. I will make sure to thank you wherever this road leads me. Um, because I would not have looked or thought about Mighty Max again had it not uh, this not crossed my path. So I really enjoyed looking these episodes up and digging into them and like figuring that question out if it's still good or not. And then bullshitting about it for the past <laughs> two hours. That, that time went fast. Yeah. So uh, thanks for having me, guys. No, of and course. And I really enjoyed that. I love being on these journeys. All right. We'll catch you next time. <laughs>